Stanley back with you on Agency Nation Radio. And today I have a, uh, a special guest with me, um, a company that you know I think we can best describe as a non-traditional independent agency from the context of what most listeners think of. But uh, Karn, uh, Karn Soroy, the co-founder and CEO of Cover, uh, you described it as a technology company who has bolted uh, uh, insurance brokerage on top. So I think we're talking about the same thing, but either way, uh, super interesting. Yeah, right. Uh, thanks. First of all, thanks for having me join you. Uh, it's a, uh, a pleasure uh, and happy to talk about what we're up to. So I think a lot of people, anytime they don't hear um, the owner's last name uh, and, and some version of 123 Main Street, uh, they immediately think it's... Uh, I think it it becomes a a scary proposition, right? And I I don't mean that to be negative. It just, I think it's our industry has looked, the independent industry in particular has looked very similar for a long time. And and now we have, uh, because of technology and uh, the interweb and and everything that's come with it, uh, we have all these new iterations of the business of insurance. And I would put cover underneath those. And I'm just interested, maybe give us the high level of, of what Cover is all about, and then I want to learn a little bit about the backstory too. Yeah, of course. Um, so Cover is a – so you can visit Cover.com. Um, Cover is a mobile-only, a native mobile-only insurance application where our customers take pictures and videos of things that they want to insure, uh, and we make a market for those risks. So we act very much like a traditional brokerage uh, with the exception of we build tools uh, into our apps that you know offer utility to our customers, irrespective of whether they buy insurance from us right away or not. Um, and so, if you download Cover, uh, you know you can use a computer vision tool to walk around your home, auto detect and identify all of your property, catalog it against your homeowner's policy. Um, you can unlock insurance coverage from your credit cards. Uh, you can set up price drop alerts against your existing coverage. So you can think of us as providing insurance plus services via mobile. So the app itself um, is free, and yep. some of the things that you just mentioned, just in the free version of the app, whether they choose to buy insurance with you or not, uh, mm-hmm. they would get at least some of those features. That's correct. Yeah, um, and so and so, you know, it's it's not a natural thing for folks to think about downloading an insurance app as opposed to picking up a phone or or hitting a comparison website. Um, and so for us to operate in the native, like as for, as an iOS app or an Android app, we really need to be able to bring something, you know, incrementally useful uh, to our customers in order to be able to get their attention um, and, and keep them engaged with us uh, or to keep our app you know, on their phone. Uh, and so a big focus of ours is thinking through, hey, what is the additional value that we can offer to our customers? Uh, over and above what you know, uh, a typical carrier or a typical insurance brokerage would, uh, and how can we leverage technology to like really uh, you know drive the marginal costs of that service to 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 zero while you know still offering utility to folks who are downloading cover. Um, so, can you explain uh, a little bit the the camera feature? So, yeah. uh, for everyone who's listening at home, just just uh, uh, a quick aside. Everything that we talk about today, uh, I'm going to have links in the show notes. You go to agencynation.com forward slash podcast, you get the links, or just go to cover.com, C-O-V-E-R.com, and you can get a lot of this too. Um, 
And so that if we're discussing it here, this is obviously audio. Uh, you'll be able to see this stuff in action if you visit yeah. those links. Cool. So, so I can talk about our, the, the camera feature. Um, you know, when we first started cover, so I'll give you a little bit of context around why we, we even we put it up. Um, when we first started cover, we were just trying to figure out whether or not people would use their phones, uh, their, their mobile devices and apps to, to try and get insurance. Um, and so, you know, the, the team is largely Canadian and we were somewhere in Northern, Northern Ontario thinking through this, the, the next set of things that we could be building. Um, and we had previously built a mobile e-commerce marketplace called Stylekick to about a million users, uh, about 15 million uh, page users per month. And, and we're acquired in Shopify and we're, we're thinking about what's the next thing. Um, amongst the set of things that we tried was a very, very simple app. It was four views and, and effectively just opened up a camera on, on your phone. Uh, with a preamble that said, hey, take a picture or a video of something that you want to insure. Uh, and so we started as a lead, de- lead gen business. We just launched it, threw some traffic at it. Uh, lo and behold, uh, what ended up happening was we saw people t- you know, walking us through their homes, uh, taking pictures of their appliances, um, giving us 360 views of their cars, you know, people literally washing their cars uh, you know, to show pride of ownership uh, and, and videotaping this. Uh, setting us pictures of their pets, their jewelry. We got, you know, racehorses. We got speedboats. Um, and, and, you know, we had been building consumer products for some time. And, and a rule of thumb is generally if you launch something and the behavior that you observe on that product is different from what you expected, it's usually something that other people have not uncovered. And that's usually when you double down. Um, and so the computer vision aspects of what we have built into cover are really an extension of that. Uh, you know, people people want to to have their contents documented um, in the case that they need to make a claim. Uh, you know, I think I think the analog here, uh, it, you know, from from uh, the the legacy independent agency uh, perspective, is you know, independent agents would ask their customers to to record or like use a camcorder to to record their contents. Uh, you know, put that away in a safety deposit box uh, for whenever uh, whenever they needed to make a claim rather than go through the onerous process of, you know, pull together a spreadsheet, pull together receipts, pull together pictures from your kid's birthday party to prove that, you know, that 4K television in the background is actually the television that you're claiming against. Um, and so we have we have our customers who want this stuff documented. And, and so we added te- technology to like, to, to, you know, make it a bit more useful, right? Um, and so what we use is uh, the, the content that our customers provide as a training set. So uh, uh, you know, our, the computer vision tool that we, we build basically learns from the types of things that people, you know, submit to us. Um, and so because there's such a finite set of things in a house, like your televisions, your appliances, your, you know, your pets, your stoves, uh, your, your tea kettles, um, because it's such a narrow set of objects, we can get a very high degree of accuracy in detecting these particular objects. And so, you know, uh, what a perfect use case would be, uh, you know, ahead of the hurricanes, um, Irma and Harvey, uh, we, we saw small spikes in traffic in Texas and Florida, folks who are walking around their houses, making sure that their contents were covered off and cataloged against their homeowners policies uh, ahead of those storms. So just it's intended to be a utility for the customer. Uh, it, it's, is you know, the primary use case. Now, can you do, um, and I'm, I'm going to be way off track here, but there's so many different place I want to go. Can you guys like do push notifications before a hurricane like that and say, Hey, if you haven't done your, like now might be the time. Uh, so that's certainly the case, uh, for folks who are registered on, on cover. Um, 
I mean, we can we can take a look at the United States as a whole uh, and think through, you know, what are the areas that are prone to brush fires, um, you know, uh, earthquakes, flooding, other other natural disasters, perils that are covered by traditional HO3 or not, um, and and you know, it, offer this type of uh, you know early warning service or uh, suggestion service certainly. That's pretty powerful stuff. I mean, when you think from a customer experience standpoint, to get a notification, you know, five days before Irma that says, if you haven't walked through your house and cataloged everything, like there's a category four bearing down on you, you might want to think about it. It's not probably the first thing you think about on a day-to-day basis is, do I have video evidence of all the stuff in my house? And uh, that's pretty wild. Now, um, did you have to do education around... Uh, the idea of a video survey of the homes, like, um, is it built into the app? Like, uh, so, so, so so surprisingly, like it's a, it's a pretty intuitive thing to think about pointing your camera at something and getting it insured. Uh, so, but, but I mean, we have, uh, in, in the app, we do have like a, a set of modals that explain exactly what's happening. And it becomes very, very obvious as soon as you kick off the app. I mean, it's as simple as, press a button to start recording, you walk around your house and you'll see, you'll see that your phone is actually actively picking out, you know, the property, uh, that it's, that it's detecting, uh, including it. And then you press a button to turn it off and you're pretty much done. Right. It's, it's very, very easy to use. That's super cool. Um, so from the, from the standpoint of the, now was the idea, when did you decide, let me position it this way. So you started as, um, you were testing an idea. You're you're probably in that case full technology company side at that point. You're just testing this app, seeing if people would use it. You start to see them using it in a way you didn't describe, like you said. So you're like, it's time to double down. At what point did you say um, building in a, a, a an agency or a brokerage aspect mm-hmm. to this company is the right thing to do? Yeah. So so I thought you know um, when we when we kicked off as a lead gen business, um, you know. I didn't think that was a particularly scalable model. I, I mean, there are folks, there are folks in the space um, who, who, you know, who obviously sell leads to independent agents. I, I, I you know, and they, and their businesses rely effectively on marketing arbitrage, right? So they're, they're, you know, they're building networks of spammy, spammy SEO sites. They're vacuuming, vacuuming up like customer uh, information, reselling it to brokers ten times over. Uh, the conversion rates from what I saw, uh, you know, of leads being sold uh, to brokerages and carriers seemed to be pretty abysmal. Um, and and we we made the, the decision that we wanted to own much more of the customer experience. And that was what would really only be possible um, if we acted as a distribution business ourselves. And, you know, we were the ones providing advice uh, to our customers directly. Uh, and so, you know, when we when we went from like the very, very simple app that we built over a weekend, um, you know, we, we took it, we, we drove traffic through it, um, and ultimately decided to move from Toronto where most of us are from, uh, to, to San Francisco, um, and join uh, Y Combinator. Uh, and so if, if you're not familiar with Y Combinator, um, it is, uh, it's a, uh, accelerator program based in, uh, Silicon Valley that has been the seed fund or at least the initial check into companies like Airbnb, Dropbox, Reddit, uh, benefits and, and I guess in the health insurance brokerage space uh, and, and a fair number of other fair, fairly sizable companies, Coinbase, uh, uh, et cetera. 
Um, and so, you know, it was at, it was during Y Combinator that we, we decided to make the shift. Um, uh, you know, and it was, it was not easy. I mean, most insurance carriers at that point, uh, you know, were not working with, uh, folks like ourselves who had, had not had much experience, uh, you know, running an insurance brokerage. Um, although I was a, I was a management consultant at some point, um, uh, so that it was a bit of an uphill battle to get appointed and and to stand up, uh, stand up uh, a brokerage, but ultimately I think it was the right thing to do. We're much more we have a much more intimate relationship with our our customers now than we could possibly ever have uh, as a lead gen business. Yeah, for sure. When when was that that you first uh, made the move? Like what year? Or- uh, yeah, so we we were um, we moved to, to to San Francisco in in January of 2016. Um, and then, you know, over the course of YC, decided to make the transition. We were still a lead gen business by the end of Y Combinator, uh, and, and closer to the end of 2016, we uh, we were we, we were at the end of the day a national brokerage. You know, it's really funny how far the industry has come so fast from its mm-hmm. uh, acceptance of uh, you know non traditional agency models, because you know that timetable probably to many people listening doesn't feel like that long ago. But it's very true. I mean, we're, we're talking, well, I guess almost two years ago now, but, but even then, the idea of internet-based agencies, certainly agencies based out of a mobile phone, like just that idea, I think a lot of people would have maybe patted you on the head and said, you know, that's nice kids, but, you know, you don't really understand the business and how consumers act. And here we are, you know, less than 24 months later, and I would say uh, as much money as they can, as, as, as large organizations, both uh, uh, in the industry and out of the industry, can shovel into um, uh, operations like yours, they seem to be. Um, yeah. For this um, and, 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 it's, and it's for much more traditional reasons, right? Like insurance, insurance and I mean, having built a consumer product in the app, you know, previously had driven millions of downloads. The unique economics of, you know, say a fashion app where we're selling high, selling high in fashion are, are pretty poor relative to, you know, an insurance business. I mean, you don't need to buy a $300 pair of jeans, whereas you do need to buy auto insurance. Uh, you know, if you have a mortgage obligation, you do need, do need to buy homeowner's insurance. And if your landlord requires it, you need renter's insurance. Um, and so from from our point of view, you know, investors look at this space, um, they see, they see, at least like on the carrier side and I guess to an extent on the, on the broker side, because they rely on technology produced by carriers and, uh, and folks who are plugging into them. Like it hasn't changed in a really long time. There's a lot of really clunky software. Uh, it's unfortunate for, for insurance brokerages to have to deal with, uh, you know, uh, third party raters that ha- like have not improved meaningfully in a long time. Um, you know, the, the interfaces that most carriers build, uh, for them to rate manually or, you know, designed in the 90s, only really work on Windows machines. Um, and, and yet, you know, the, the amount of money flowing through the space, the, the union economics, it's very much a business that has, you know, consumer scale and, and SaaS economics. And that is very, very attractive uh, to outside investment. Yeah. You know, what, what would you say, because I get this pushback. So I am very much in, in, a, in a similar camp with you. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I have, I have two or two two questions that I want to follow up with that on. One is um, I'm a firm believer that in many respects the human the human being still plays a vital role in the insurance uh, procurement process. Um, not necessarily the same role that they have played in history, 
and maybe not necessarily in the same points of the transaction, but they're still an important part. So I'm wondering, uh, I know you actually, you have, you know, I think you have actual agents that work. So I'm wondering where they fit in. We do. Yeah. Um, I'll ask you that first. Yeah. So, so I'm actually in agreement with you. Um, no, the things that I think will be completely automated away are usually the things that independent agents don't make money on, right? So renter's insurance, um, you know, that there is no reason, uh, there's very little reason for, for human engagement during the process of selling renter's insurance. Any specialty insurance like jewelry, um, you know, uh, coverages, you know, special coverages for electronics, uh, pet insurance, um, those types of things I think will be completely automated away. You know, uh, so when you take a look at the types of customers that we sell, um, they they still want advice. If there's somebody who's buying, you know, policies for multiple cars, a home, uh, thinking about getting an umbrella policy, it is it is usually that person that that wants to you know get a better understanding of exactly what's covered off, uh, the the nuance around the policy, um, an understanding of you know the reputation of the carrier. And that's certainly, I think, where an independent agent, the advisory piece, can inject themselves and add value, right? Um, where I think every, like, where I think the rest of it will go, like all all quoting and pricing needs to be automated, um, like in a very very clean way. Uh, and if that if that requires companies like ours to kind of like you know create a very very neat and, and, and sexy beautiful front end on top of you know a, a mess of stuff underneath, that's fine. We can do that. Um, you know. Payments, the fact that most most insurance carriers do not have payments APIs and still require you know, an agent to key in information into some, in some into some sort of payments gateway, like really that should be an app that should be automated. Uh, you know, agents shouldn't be in the business of hunting down uh, payment information, um, you know, and, and the likes. Uh, and so everything outside of I think the advisory piece, which is I think the core function anyways. Should be should be automated. Um, uh, you know, it 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 improve, it Actually, you know, for the, for at least our agents, it improves their quality of life pretty dramatically. Uh, to just focus in on the needs of the customer, and I think that's you know, when it comes to somebody spending thousands of dollars with us every year, uh, which is a meaningful part of their after tax income, it's it's warranted. Certainly, yeah. You know, I did so a hundred percent. You know, one of the things that I've been preaching to the to the IA channel for almost a decade now is that our our value proposition is the white gloves treatment that we're able to give them not our ability to produce uh, auto id cards um and you know i I think that that focus is is that's a tough one it's just been it's almost like it's such an entrenched piece of the mindset but really I, i look at what you're providing and i'm saying oh my gosh i mean so much of this are things that that just really almost annoy the agents themselves. So when they actually get to the advisory piece, they're almost half annoyed by the conversation that they've had for the last 30 minutes. Um, yeah. And now it's their time to shine, you know? So, um, you know, and, and I don't know if you've thought about this or, I mean, I'm sure that you have, but, uh, you know, is this, is, is cover the technology behind cover something that you've thought about licensing out to other agencies or is this going to be, is it your competitive advantage and what's going to help you, you know, rocket to the moon? Yeah. So, so I mean the, the front end of cover, the, the way that we acquire customers are, are like our consumer facing apps are, are proprietary to us, but the, you know, the, the, the custom CRM that we built in the back end, 
you know, uh, how we pipe in, uh, you know, carriers, uh, how we pipe in, uh, you know, uh, policies and, and, and pull in, uh, you know, underwriting information programmatically is certainly something that, you know, doesn't need to just live on cover. Uh, it's certainly something that we could package up and sell on a per seat basis to, to folks who are in the insurance industry. And, and my view is actually like, you know, it's, it, if we do that, it's a forcing function for us to continuously improve that um, uh, because it, you know, because we're holding it to the standard of a saleable product. Um, and so, you know, certainly something that we're interested in, uh, it might be something that we do. It's just not on the, on the, our roadmap as of yet. Yeah. Cool. So who are some of the, like some of the carriers? I know you said, I think I read the number 40 somewhere, uh, in the U S and Canada. So, so you are also writing Canada, right? I know you guys said you're originally. Uh, So, so we're acting, we're still acting as Legion in Canada. So those, those customers are going effectively to, to intact at the end of the day. Okay. Um, does that mean that you're a Maple Leafs fan? <laughs> I think I have to be, right? Rain or shine. So, <laughs> mostly uh, rain. Yeah. As a Sabres fan, I now have to hate you, but that's okay. Um, we can be insurance friends. Um, so, you know, uh, who are some of the some of the carriers that you've partnered with? I mean, you don't have to give us yeah. a list, and nor do I want you to give me anything that you would consider, um, you know. Right. So, so just think of it as like anyone you can think of at this point, uh, all, all of the national carriers, um, a handful of regional carriers on the West coast, okay. most folks who do specialty stuff. Um, the only ones that we really don't work with obviously are the captives, right? So Geico, State Farm, Farmers, USAA. And what has your experience been getting those carriers to adopt your technology? Has it been you've had to go out and hunt them down and bring them in and pitch them on the idea? Or have you found, and, and maybe this is based on yeah. where they came in in your process, but. Yeah. So, so I think like we, we entered the, the industry at just the right time. Um, you know, most carriers at this point are, are thinking about, you know, how, where can we unlock additional distribution how can we access, you know, our core demographic, which is, you know, a professional millennial, like our, the average age of our customer is roughly 30. Um, and that's a pretty difficult demo for, for most carrier, par- like most of our carrier partners to otherwise be able to access. Yeah, that's like you the know, whole uh, right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we, and we have that unlocked. That's, that's our customer. Um, and so, you know, from, from a channel bet point of view, I think we, we ended up being an attractive bet. Um, you know, for most insure techs, it's still pretty early days. Um, we're still all ramping. We're all starting, you know, still ramping, uh, premiums are still ramping revenue, but, uh, we're evolving very, very quickly. Uh, you know, we're, we're ramping our, our, our knowledge of the, the distribution aspects of the business really quickly. We're responding in kind of product. Um, you know, that being said, it was not that like what we were, we, we were advantaged in that most insurance carriers are flying into Silicon Valley, um, you know, at that time, uh, meeting with folks like ourselves, uh, you know, had, had a strong set of incentives to start to engage. If we had started our business even two years earlier, I think it would have been an order of magnitude more difficult. Um, so, so certainly like I, you know, what I'm seeing is there's a a serious appetite, uh, for this as, as soon as, you know, a handful of, of major insurance carriers have started to sign off with InsureTax, it it becomes a, a serious competitive disadvantage um, to, to not start engage. Right. Um, so, so it's a good time, I think, to be an insurance tech. 
Yeah, for sure. Now, you know, a couple just, I have a couple more questions for you, mostly more around um, maybe some higher level customer experience things that you guys seem to have tapped into that, that others um, maybe still struggling with how to wrap their mind around. So you obviously, you said your, your average age is somewhere close to 30, which uh, I then responded with is the holy grail right now, which it is. Uh, uh, it's basically a demographic that's been ignored by the independent agency channel for the last decade or so. Um, and still most 30-year-olds are seen as 17-year-olds humped over their phone. Um, what do you think it is about cover your app or, or what aspect of your business or your marketing in particular do you think has drawn in that demographic and, and, and created such um, that your average age is 30? Like what is it about it? Yeah, I think it's channel, initially it's channel selection, right? Like you, it's, it's counterintuitive, but the demo that, that most, in care, most cares are going or caring about this holy grail are not actually transacting via the channels that, you know, traditionally uh, they've acquired customers through. So they're not picking up a phone or ne- and necessarily calling an independent agent unless, you know, their parent has suggested, you know, they do so or they've got a reference to, you know, a particular individual that has been awesome, uh, you know, uh, for that referral, uh, that referee. Um, you know, it's, it's pretty easy. Uh, it's pretty easy to, to see how, Hey, if cover pops up in, in the finance category of the app store, uh, it's a pretty easy way to like, just, uh, engage without having to talk to anyone on the phone, which is actually the primary feedback that we get from our customers. 80% of all of our, our sales, um, happen over text message. Uh, and I think that uh, there's a fair contingent of independent agents that have kind of optimized for this as well. Like, they make their, their phone numbers available for text back and forth. Um, but we've kind of codified this as part of our product experience. And now we're going to be extending it even further with, you know, integrating, you know, iMessage for business to be able to take, you know, uh, payments via, via text or, uh, you know, uh, having map widgets or policy widgets populate directly in a, in a chat screen. Um, so, so I think it's really just channel selection. Uh, the other thing I think that's super important uh, to this demo is um, you know, a degree of craftsmanship around the products that they engage with. At the early stages for consumer products, you, you're kind of just trying to prove out that people will use what you're building uh, and that there's utility in what you're building. But at scale, you know, they, they really want things that they, in, they interact with that like flow cleanly. They don't want clunky, clunky interfaces. Um, <clears throat> they want you know, as close to instantaneous engagement and gratification as they can possibly get, because that's what they're used to from, you know, uh, tier one or top end, uh, you know, consumer products on, on mobile. Um, and, and we're lucky, like we've been building sexy products for a really long time. Everything that we have ever built, you know, whether in insurance or in e-commerce or, or else uh, elsewhere has been featured by Apple or Google. So we build really beautiful products and that is a serious advantage for us. Uh, over most other you know folks who are entering this space, either either carriers um, or other distribution businesses, um, and so at scale, like you know, uh, uh, the the product really matters. The product experience really matters. Um, and then to this demo, uh, you know, they happen they happen to be a, a slightly bit you know a slightly more price sensitive um, than than the folks that most independent agents are working with, and so. Uh, we, we have to cater to that too and that understanding. And I'd like to put up, I'd like to just touch on that for one second. It's because they're sure. right? Like when you're yeah. 30 years old, you don't necessarily have 
as much money to spend as you have when you're 50 years old and you're set up in your life and you've been working for 30 years. So I hope that no one took from Carnsley's comment, well, I don't want them because they don't have money. It's the, every 30-year-old in history has traditionally, and as a broad sweeping stroke, had less money than the same person at 50 years old. So mm-hmm. we have to be able, as, an, as, a, as everyone who isn't Carn and Cover, we have to uh, come to the realization that there are products and services that we need to provide to this demographic. And yes, they might not be buying uh, million dollar homes at 30, but that doesn't mean that we don't have to serve them. Otherwise, they're just never going to come back to um, your agency. So that was that was a that was a comment more towards our, our audience. Yeah, yeah, and and, uh, and I think that like it's this is not this is not like a, a single time state, right? It's these folks are the ones that are graduating into you know the upper end of your preferred segment. Um, you know, they're the ones who are going to be homeowners. Uh, they're the ones who are going to have you know multiple properties, multiple cars, need umbrella policies as they, as they accumulate assets. Um, so it's it's us getting you know a stake in the ground early, which is which is uh, super important. Dude, I, c- I couldn't agree with you more. I just I, I hate the whole millennials are different conversation. I mean, mm-hmm. they're just a version. They're just the version of what the world looks like today. Like mm-hmm. every. 20 to 30 year old has ever looked in every generation that's ever existed. It's not somehow these people are that much different than anyone else. I, I mean, I know they are in certain aspects, but like, I just feel like that's an overblown thing that, that sometimes those in the the traditional side of our space tend to lean on when I, I just, I, I have a really hard time with that. So, um, dude, by the way, if you have a parent company, like an umbrella that sits over all your products, Building sexy products for a really long time would be an amazing tagline for that. <laughs> I'm just throwing that out. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, for sure. Um, this has been phenomenal. I could talk to you uh, all day about this stuff. I, I want to be respectful of your time. Um, where, you know, I know we've tossed it out there, but uh, where can people connect more maybe with you personally or, or with cover in general? And, uh, you know, if they want to learn more about the product and what you guys are up to. Yeah, for sure. You you can just email me directly. Uh, it's uh, Karn K A R N at cover dot com, uh, or on Twitter, it's just Karn uh, Soroya or at, at Karn Soroya. Um, awesome. You can reach out to me in a place. It's that awesome. I, I appreciate it. This has been wonderful. I know the audience will get a ton out of it. And uh, and uh, just so everyone knows who's listening, if you want any of the resources that we talked about today, you know, you want to see what the app is all about or learn more, I'll have it linked up. Or just go to uh, cover.com. Thanks, everybody. Cheers. Thanks, guys.